Yes, yes, back again, Chris Ali and the No Chase Film Society podcast. Thank y'all for checking in. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, been on a little hiatus for a minute. Been on a little hiatus for a minute, but, you know, we're back. And uh, we got another, what we believe to be a uh, very uh, captivating conversation with our title and our selection today, which is the 2019 uh, crime drama romance, Queen and Slim. But before we get into that, just want to acknowledge, man, uh, the one that's doing great things, big things with this platform, this OTS platform, man, taking my hat off and, and giving much respect to the CEO in the building right now, Big Derek. <laughs> What's going on, bro? What's happening with you, man? Everything's everything, man. Hey, it's been a little minute. It's been a little second. It it's has. been a little minute, you know, had to, had to take a little hiatus, had a lot of things that I know on my end that, that kept me, unfortunately, uh, unable to to record regularly, but you know, I think that we got that taken care of now. You know, every, everything is, is getting back on track. Hey, man. You know, That's life. It's life, man. It happens. It happens. And y'all can help us. Y'all can help us with this, man, by uh, by supporting the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what podcast? You know, give us give us a listen or two every now and then, and uh, you know it will build up that audience so we can generate the revenue, man, that'll keep us in a better position to uh, to come back. So yeah. just uh, just continue to support us, man. Continue to support us, which many of y'all have been doing, and I know I appreciate it. And also the other uh, OTS podcast is on this platform, and. I'm going to let Derek talk a little bit about that in a minute because um, I know I got a pleasant surprise in my inbox the other day when I saw that uh, that Derek uh, has laid the groundwork for the website, the OTS website. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, y'all check that out. And I'll let Derek get into all of that in a, in a little bit. But uh, we've been working, man. We've been working, you know, just just doing our part to, to help the brand as as you all have been doing y'all's part by listening and giving us that support. So anyway, welcome back to uh, the No Chase Film Society podcast. And uh, here we are again, man, another run. I yes, think sir. this is episode, oh man, I'm, we, I'm way off. I'm going I'm to go ahead and take a guess and say eight. I think I think we're around nine or ten now. Yeah, I figured I was yeah. a little off. Yeah, I think this yeah. is ten. I think Mikey and Nikki uh, was nine, if I'm not mistaken. All right, well, yeah, y'all, yeah. y'all will be able to see that, you know, in the, in the title by the time y'all hear this. But uh, yeah, welcome, man. Welcome to welcome back, and uh, we're here for another one. Yes, so, sir. what we normally do around this time, you know, we compare notes before we get into our feature presentation, which again is uh, Queen and Slim, the 2019 movie crime drama. From uh, from writer Lena Waithe, you know she's the writer, and you know everybody knows she's the uh, creator of uh, shows like uh, I think she has a show on BET mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, just started. And, and uh, Showtime actually is one of the shows of hers that I like, which is The Shy. So you're a very talented writer and producer, Lena Waithe, but this is the uh, this is a film from the. Uh, a directing debut, rather, from the director, Milena Matakas. I, if I hope I'm saying that right. If not, please forgive me. 
But yeah, that's going to be our feature for the day. But before we get into that, we're going to compare a few notes, man. Just kind of chop it up a little bit and, and catch up on things that we've watched and came across from this this world of cinema. Me myself, I got a I got one particular thing, man. But I'm I'm gonna give the floor to you, Derek, man, and just just see what's what's going on with you and your world, brother. Shoot, I, I um I actually watched um Honey Boy last okay. week. I think have you ever seen that? I heard of it, but haven't seen it. That's a uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah. He writes yeah. um is written and start uh, starring him, written mm-hmm. by and starring him, but. It's um actually a story on his life. I didn't realize okay. that until I was done watching the movie that it was actually his story. Right. Uh, um I have I have a lot more respect for Shia LaBeouf. Um This was a role that I didn't expect to see him in, so I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw. But he he uh he's very talented. That's a very talented mm-hmm. guy, man. Um, okay. The, I didn't I didn't realize he could write like that. So I I, I think I think he has a a, a big uh, future uh, in front of him as long as he can stay on that on that right path. Yeah. Which I think he I think um, this project was a turning point for him. Um, cause he killed it, man. I if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. I will. Yeah, I've been seeing that movie uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and um, I know I heard you talking about. It. I think you've actually reviewed that movie. Yeah, we re- we right? uh, reviewed it on a uh, Realish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a um, that was a very interesting film. He <laughs> he he's got a um, he's got a, a ton of respect from me. I, I I was a fan of his before. Uh, with you know seeing different movies he was in. Um. Like um, Disturbia and uh, Eagle Eye and stuff like that, right. but I had never really thought about him as being a very underrated uh, actor. Mm-hmm. And um, much like LJ said on 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 Realish, I think Shia is probably one of those guys that you would you would um, look at as a very underrated actor, like Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. He he has those. Um, same characteristics um, and 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 talent that Jake has um, uh, with bringing characters to life, and mm-hmm. you know, he Jake Gyllenhaal is a very underappreciated actor. Um, I think once all once all is said and done, people will start looking back; they'll appreciate his work more. I think we're gonna end up seeing something like that with Shia. Now Shia had a a, a minute where he. Uh... Was having like a mental breakdown, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and this covers all of that, except it's like, uh, they 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 give different names to characters. That's part mm-hmm. reason why I didn't even realize this was associated with Shia's actual story. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, man, they they did a phenomenal job with this movie, um, and I I, I was I was actually telling LJ that I I want. Much like um, we talked about with um, Dolomite, you know how we were right. talking about uh, Eddie Murphy and that entire cast and crew. We want to see do more together. I need. I think majority of them are going to be on uh, Coming to America too, right? Right, right. I-, I want to see something like that with this crew. That's that's how good this movie was. 
Maybe we need to talk about this one. We probably need to add this one to the uh, to the list. Yeah, this was talk a, about. This was a really good, really good film. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna check that out. Honey yeah. Boy, right? Honey Boy. Yep. Okay. I think that was uh, 2018. It came out. All right. Anything yeah. else? Uh, actually, um, it's been a long time. It's man, been a so. very long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um. I actually just got into um, watching Westworld, the show on HBO. Okay. I um. I don't. I started watching it the first episode like a year ago, and then I just, I just, you know, lost track of it. Like, I'm not, I'm not watching it right now. Right. Man, I got back into it last week. Uh, the third season is coming out this Sunday. I am on. I am, I think I'm episode seven of the second season now. And uh, that is a phenomenal show. I know you don't watch TV shows like that. Right. But if you were to watch one, this might be one that you sh- that you would you would uh, appreciate. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with Westworld from just the popularity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is, that is drawn. But it's been around for a while, too. It's been... You're right. I see. I thought they had more seasons than they than they actually do. This is, like I said, they're they're just about to uh, premiere the third season, um, and I could have sworn I remember seeing that like two like the 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 fourth season of um Game of Thrones. Right. I thought I did. Maybe maybe I was wrong, but um, yeah that that is a phenomenal show. I I think HBO okay. has a. HBO is actually what um, I think uh, uh, FX is in terms of having a, a, a great roster of projects. Um, mm-hmm. They have great shows. They have uh, great movies as well. Um, HBO is actually much better than I than I actually gave it credit for. Just uh, the regular channel Just HBO. The regular the... channel. Yeah, I have HBO now, so I, I don't have. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see any of the stuff live. But yeah, that they have a great, great roster of, of of programming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kirby enthusiasm as well. I uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with Kirby enthusiasm. That I would, I've been an old, way back fan of that show. I yeah, I think I pretty much have seen all the all the seasons because he releases the seasons sporadically. He does, you and, know, and he's on the he set. Of... He's on the tenth season right now. Right. Yeah, he did nine last year and ten this year. Okay, so yeah, and I saw uh, I may have saw the first two episodes from this particular season. Yeah, this is hilarious. I might, I, yeah, I might. I have. I have. Uh, I have caught a couple of them. Yeah, I like Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah, it's, it's always been pretty funny. Yeah, Larry Larry David is a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. I I, I like how he um. He can uh, bring social commentary into comedy like that. Yeah, the uh, the the MAGA hat episode, I think, is the, <gasps> is the last one I saw. That was perfect. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and and you know, I think even Trump tweeted something out about it. Thank you. Yeah, his that his he dumb was... ass thought that it was a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't realize that he was actually getting insulted. Oh man, that that, that was beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good show. Yeah. Pretty good show. All right, so uh, Westworld and Honey Boy, which yes. can be found on Amazon. 
Yeah. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna definitely check that Shia LaBeouf one out. Yeah, I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised. He he cool. he uh he he did with this role what I think Jake Gyllenhaal did with um his role in Nightcrawler. You ever see that? Yes, yes, very good movie. The the he's not as mad as as Jake was in that movie, but the um. I think what I saw from Jill Hall in that one it was like him just hit like a different level mm-hmm. in his in his uh career. And that's what I'm thinking Honey Boy is gonna be for Shia LaBeouf. Even though it's an Amazon Prime uh uh original, I mm-hmm. think that that's gonna be something that actually kinda like jumps him off into another realm in his career. Cause he he I did not expect him to transform into what he transformed into yeah you got me wanting to check that one out for real like i'm yeah. very familiar with it I, I think i've heard uh or, or i should say read a couple of articles about it and i've mm-hmm. definitely seen it on on prime sitting up there so yeah you you definitely got my attention yeah it's it's definitely, definitely a good attention. one i'm trying to think as i talk to you because i saw uh i haven't really seen transform i mean i saw it but i didn't really invest much attention into Transformers. i didn't care about transformers yeah I, and i saw uh what's the one where he played um the kid who was on house arrest but he saw uh, disturbia. I think disturbia yeah, that yeah. one i did see which was that, that was a good one that was a good one for that, that was, that, was one. that was one of the one of my favorite movies that summer I'm trying to think of of a Shia LaBeouf film that I just well I guess there isn't one. I Man, I I did like Disturbia though, but yeah, he, he hasn't really legend. With uh, that was Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah, he was in that one too. I don't remember him in that movie. Really, because really that movie is predominantly Will Smith. Shit. Yeah, what, yeah. What what, <laughs> what 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 uh what role was he? Uh, just like some annoying little kid. It was. It wasn't like. Well, so this was pretty. Uh, this was early in his career. This, I guess that was pretty. Well, the earliest part of his career, he did even Stevens, um, that the show on uh, Disney. Okay. Um, yeah, that was that was. I think that was his. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was his first role. I didn't realize that the Shia yeah. LaBeouf was in I Am Legend. Yeah, he, I didn't know he that. was. He was in I Am Legend, and he was outside of Will Smith's character. He was probably one of my favorite characters in that movie, because he was just that funny. Damn, I'm tripping now. Now I gotta see that movie because I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, but like I said, Will Smith is just so damn dominant in that he movie. Is. I remember, I remember a couple of other actors like Sally Richardson was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter, I remember her role. I remember a couple of people, but I I don't remember Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he's in that. Definitely okay. check that out. That that that's a um. That's a that's an interesting movie, especially uh, in terms of where we are today with the coronavirus. Yeah, that is a very. Int- I might actually just watch it just, just because of that. It's definitely uh, one of Will's uh, understated movies. It's, it is. It's, I'm not gonna say it's one of his best, um, but it's definitely one of the ones that are not as is not as mentioned as it, as much as it could be. You know, when yeah. you hear Will Smith, you hear. Uh, Independence Day and um, what's another one of his bigger hits? Um, uh, the Men in, in Black. Black, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Am Legend is is somewhere you know below those to a lot of people, but I personally feel like that's one of his best ones. I think so too. And they you know. they were rumored to to do a sequel for that one for a while, um, which I don't think they're gonna do it. That that doesn't even. 
Yeah, that's that's pushing it. Yeah. That's that's squeezing that shit. Yeah, which that, too much. and that that's my problem with certain certain um franchises. I think we talked about this before. Um how how um certain movies will do well and then they want to do a sequel or a trilogy or or you know, a whole series on it. Um and it cheapens the the feel of the original film. Right. Like Fast and Furious. Right. Um right. It's, it's just Certain movies don't need that, and I'm glad they didn't do that with I Am Legend, um, because it was fine for where it was. And I think they were talking about Hancock as well, doing a sequel to that, which I didn't. That, see that one I I didn't care much for. I didn't see the need for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. You barely got a decent movie out of the first one. Right. I mean, it's it's decent. The first one is decent. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, there there wasn't much there with Hancock. <laughs> not not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, and we still, we probably still need to do an episode where we, uh, talk about his movies in depth, um, Will Smith's, uh, movies in depth, but yeah, I think, um, go back and watch I'm Legend. You, oh, you'll, well, you'll see, no, yeah, you, no, you, you didn't part, in that one. you didn't pique my curiosity in that one because I did, I did not know he was in that movie. Now, and I remember the movie, like, I, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's iRobot, not I Am Legend. See, you tripping, Jesus, man. You didn't I'm threw tri- everybody off. Yeah, I threw everyone off. You didn't they, threw everybody off. Like, they, I bet it's like 20 motherfuckers like, what the fuck is they, he talking they about? They were yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, blame it on the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Shia I'm sorry, is a pretty man. established actor. I will remember some shit like that. I was, I'm still trying to... Like, it was like three people in, in I Am Legend. How the fuck... <laughs> Yeah, you you threw that you threw that one off, dude. I'm sorry, my bad, man, my bad. But yeah, uh, I Robot, not I Am Legend. Um, okay. He was in that now, one. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm very that's that's uh that's not Spielberg. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about uh what's the one Tom Cruise was in that Spielberg directed Minority Report. Minority Report, yeah. But uh, I Robot, I I know I saw it, but I did not enjoy that movie. So. Again, I didn't know. I wouldn't have known Shia LaBeouf was in that either. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, you know. But I didn't really care for uh, for iRobot. I actually liked it. Really? Yeah, I actually liked it. I uh, but mind you, I was also I think twelve at that point. Um, twelve and eighteen. That 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 does make a difference. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I think I even wanted a robot after I watched oh, that yeah. movie. So yeah, I, I was a I was a kid. So yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm familiar with it. It's uh, it's Will Smith in the future. Yeah. Again, you know. So I do remember the movie, but uh, nah, that that one I I could pass on. Yeah. I could pass. <laughs> that, that's one of his quiet ones for a reason. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, Enemy of the State though is another one. I would. And Enemy of the State is it, probably one of his he, underrated movies. And he wasn't. Shia LaBeouf wasn't in that, right? In what? Enemy of the State. I don't remember him being in that. There's a movie similar to that. Oh, Eagle Eye is what you were talking Eagle about Eye, earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. All right, yeah, you got me wanting to check out his stuff now, man, and, and to kind of give more of a serious... Uh, He's underrated. Some... I can believe that. He's underrated. I, I want to see a couple more before I really determine that, <laughs> but yeah. I can believe that because yeah, uh, the few films I have seen of his was pretty solid acting performance. Well, see, and, and they were, and I think that um, the main reason why he's so underrated is because of his past. 
and um with his with his issues with alcohol and substance abuse. So that's what it was. It that's, was alcohol. that's what everyone gets on him about, you know, which rightfully so. If you keep going back to that stuff and and messing up your own life, you know, that's that's up for critique. But um, when he's on, he's on. Right. When he's on, like you, you right. can't you can't deny him about that. He's a child actor, right? He comes yes. from uh, the Disney from the Disney tree pedigree. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, which you know, that's a whole different, <laughs> a whole different <laughs> conversation. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of those people as as child actors have those issues, so I I can understand yeah. you know him falling into that. But I think his dad was also into that a little bit. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about him, man. I don't know much about him. I just remember that he uh. He had a little mental breakdown, and at one point he showed up to the red carpet mm-hmm. with a paper bag on his head <laughs> and that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. So he he I've always kind of took him as pretty eccentric, but um, <clears throat> haven't seen haven't seen a whole lot of his work as I think about it since you brought his name up. So I'm I'm definitely gonna give him a little bit of attention. Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. But uh, well, I got one movie, man, that I that I want to talk about. Okay. That I saw that I came across. Uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna take you for a ride for a minute. Just give me a second okay. to, to to loop this thing back around. Okay. Uh, those of y'all who are listening, hey, it's a podcast, so you have the luxury of running it up to Queen and Slim at any point <laughs> during during this. Uh, that's the beauty of podcasting. But um, but yeah, so I came across a movie. It was actually a documentary. So let me just um, let's give a little background. Um, I grew up in a in a household where my father had a father who really liked jazz, right? Mm-hmm. My father was a real big jazz fan, so much of um, much of my appreciation, you know, the, the little the little understanding and the little the little appreciation that I have for jazz comes from you know what what my father exposed me to. One of the artists, uh, one of the jazz musicians, I should say, of way back in the day. Again, like I said, I didn't grow up during the jazz era at all. But um, just, you know, being somebody of some historical, uh, who, has, who has some type of his, historical interest, you know, and, and looking at the past or whatever, mm-hmm. I discovered some things about a particular jazz artist. Uh, he, was a, he was a trumpet player named Lee Morgan. Mm-hmm. And uh, by me, you know, listening to a lot of his music lately, you know, particularly since my, my father passed, because you know, I don't know a lot of people listening, but I, I lost my father last year. So, you know, I've been more, I don't know, I've been more inclined to to listen to, to jazz music, you know, within the last few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I li- I've been listening to a lot of Lee Morgan's music, which, like, like again, I said, was a, uh, was a trumpet player. Well, I discovered a documentary on Netflix. No, excuse me, not Netflix, Amazon. It's actually on Amazon. And I think you can find it anywhere at this point. I think you can find it on Apple and a couple other places. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely... Uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime is where I saw it, and there's a documentary on uh, on this particular jazz artist. Uh, I think it's named uh, I called him Morgan, right? Mm. And watching the documentary, there's a uh, a, a uh, I'll say it's a, a, a narrative structure that they use where it's. 
it doesn't have Lee Morgan in it at all because he's been dead since 1972. And the cause of his death was actually uh, a shooting. His 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 lady, or common law wife, shot the shit out of him. Oh, you know, in in a, in a club one night. So by watching this documentary, right, the documentary is set up to where whoever the, the filmmakers, I think the documentary came out in uh, twenty. 12. I could be wrong about that. Let me look it up real quick while I'm talking to y'all. But um, the documentary came out a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And the filmmakers structured this documentary to pretty much be centered around the uh, the commentary and the, the story or the narrative driven by his actual killer, mm-hmm. which, is, um, which was his common-law wife, who lived to be an old lady, you know what I mean? During the time she did this documentary, she was pretty much an old old lady. But the documentary was centered around an audio recording of this older lady who was married to this particular trumpet player who um, gave an interview, basically, mm-hmm. to just some, uh, I think he's a teacher or something like that. He was a, I, I believe he was a teacher of adult education. And he actually had taught this this older lady who was once married to this trumpet player. Her name is Helen Morgan. That's her name. Mm. Um, he was actually teaching her in an adult in an adult literacy class of some of some sort. And he him the teacher, being a jazz fan himself, knew of Lee Morgan, who was her her husband. And he was able to get an interview with her, which ended up being her last interview. Right. Oh wow. In that interview, she talks about their relationship. She talks about how they met. Uh, the, the really a lot of documentary has a lot to do with her, you know, and and some of her background and some of the things that she uh, went through as a child and what led her to New York, where she ultimately met Lee Morgan, uh, who she ended up, you know, developing a relationship with. She wasn't his uh, wife by uh, by law, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at that time, she became his wife by common law marriage. And uh, she was a lot older than him. She was well, a little bit older than him because this dude, Lee Morgan, was known as a child prodigy on the trumpet, playing with some of the greats of his time, but was, like I said, killed at 32. He was 32 years old when he was killed um, by her. And she was a little older than him. But my point in bringing all this up, right, is... This story just, you know, just just made me aware and made me more aware, I should say, of the nature of of women <laughs> when they get to a certain place, <laughs> the potent the potential of women yeah. that really goes unnoticed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like the the, the violent nature of women, or the I shouldn't say nature, potential, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Potential is a better word. The violent potential. That, that some women can have and the effect that it can have on 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 us as men and how that's really not talked about a whole lot, you know, because th- this was 1972, this incident happened. And I don't want to go into too many details. I really think people should, should, should check it out if you if you are in- interested in jazz or interested in, in stories um, of music personalities, of things of that nature, man, just check it out on your own. But... Yeah, man, like this woman, uh, her name was Helen Morgan, just 
went to the club one night. They were separating. And uh, excuse me, I'm dealing with these allergies. But um, yeah, they were separating. The relationship, I guess, was separating. And, and you'll get those details through the documentary. But yeah, she went up there. They had an altercation. She got a gun, which she had with her the night she went up there. She got a gun. She walked in the club and she shot his ass. Like literally just shot his ass in the middle of the club. And he ended up dying. Uh, primarily, one reason why he ended up dying was because that night, this was in New York. So that night in New York, there was a horrible snowstorm, like a really, really bad snowstorm oh, that that uh, made it pretty much impossible for, for, for the ambulance to get to him in time to save his life. So he pretty much just bled to death oh, from man. a gunshot wound that was inflicted on him by his common-law wife. You know, just horribly violent and horribly tragic way to, to lose your life. That, um, you know, men do that crazy shit too, often, you know, in often time, in oftentimes. But when the when when men do that, you know, you pretty much get an idea when when his story is told, when that story is told, mm -hmm. you get an idea of what kind of monster you're dealing with. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. When when men commit those type of crimes, when you hear stories of men committing those type of crimes, which men do, men do, uh, ridiculous, violent, just uh. Just this, this tragic shit to women as well. But when those stories are told, like I said, you really got a good idea of what kind of monster you're dealing with. You don't get that from this movie. And I found that to be very interesting about this documentary. Like I said, it came out, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all now when it came out, but it came out pretty recent. And this lady, 2016 is when it came out. This woman was an old lady. Served, served time, which she didn't, if you'll see in the documentary, she didn't serve real real time for murder. She served time for manslaughter, which I had an issue with that, and I really would like to know more about that because that's one of my issues with the documentary is that I'm glad that uh, the filmmaker did it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad the filmmaker made the movie, but uh, I'm not really happy with what he did with it. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's what I saw, man, and that's 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 the documentary that really affected me. Uh, in a way that documentaries haven't affected me in a long, long time. You know, but it's called, uh, I called him Morgan. And he was a trumpet player, a child prodigy trumpet player. He had problems with drugs in his life. And, um, you know, was brought back and nursed back to some type of health from this older woman whose name was Helen, who ultimately ended up killing him and taking his life, rather. So, um... So yeah, I, I just I just was 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 intrigued by how the filmmaker was it was using her voice because her voice drives the story pretty much. Her from this particular audio recording, her voice drives the story, and you're basically hearing this man's killer <laughs> um, <laughs> in a voiceover capacity on the documentary, telling you know stories of her life, stories of his life, and ultimately, of course, the climax of the of the of the project with her talking about the circumstances that led to why she killed him, which are sketchy as hell, I should say, from <laughs> from going back. Like I said, I'll, I'll leave that for people to check out if they want to check it out. But the, the story and, the, and the, the, the reasoning and some of the shit that led up to why she did what she did is a little sketchy to me. But it was just amazing to watch a documentary being told of an of a individual through the narrative of a killer, of their killer. 
And what's what's funny, like I said earlier, is that when she gave the interview, I think she gave the interview in in uh, in April or something, in March or something like that, of that particular year, and she was dead like in April, of 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 oh, that wow. same. Like as soon as she gave this interview, um, she was she was dead shortly after that. So, and of course she was an older lady, so it's to believe that she died of natural causes, but. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, the, the name of the doc is called uh, I Called Him Morgan. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's based upon the life of a jazz trumpeter, Trump, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Trump trumpeter, right? Or trumpeteer. I don't know if that's the term I'm using. I'm using the right term. <laughs> but uh, he's he is told through the story of a jazz trumpet player who, uh, like I said, who was very, very, very brilliant with his instrument. And um, yeah, he was taken out of here, man taken out of here by his common law wife and it's a story that 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 i think you can find an interest in even if you're not a jazz fan or know yeah. anything about jazz music it has an interesting storyline to it and just based on the structure like i said of the filmmaker used lots of that audio to constantly carry you through the story i found it a little eerie but it was interesting you know wow. even intriguing even intriguing to an extent where now where where is this uh, I saw it on Apple. It was. It was. Uh, I didn't uh, buy it off of Apple, but I saw it uh, on Apple, and I watched it off of uh, Amazon Prime. So you can get it on Apple. I know they have it, and Amazon Prime has it for like, and it's real cheap on Amazon. Amazon think it has it for like a dollar and fifty cent or something like that. Okay. So yeah, it's not. It's not even. Uh, it's not even a full rental price like most of the movies on there are. But um, but yeah, man, I called them Morgan, 2016. It's a documentary. And yeah, just just check it out just for the narrative structure alone. Like I said, you don't have to be a jazz fan, in my opinion, yeah, to get anything out of this. Uh, I, I I I happen to be a, a novice jazz fan. I don't really know much about the jazz culture. Like I said, a little bit I was exposed to was through my father, and that's the only reason why I watched this documentary because I knew of this artist from my dad, you know. So um, so yeah, man, check it out, bro. Twenty sixteen. That's really the only. The only thing I saw within our within our hiatus uh, our time off mic that was really worth talking about. Like I said, I did see a couple of episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, checked a couple of those out. Don't really have much to say about them, but I did I did check them out. But the main thing that I saw that I can say that really gave me that really impacted me and gave me some something to walk away with was um, was this particular doc. No, so I, I just had, I just had to put it out there. Yeah, yeah, and I see it on Netflix too. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, I didn't know it was on Netflix. I would have watched it on Netflix because I bought it, but I got Netflix. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I, I bought. It was only like a dollar and some change. Yeah. On Amazon, but it's worth it, man. Like I said, I, I didn't I didn't find that I was lost in the story because I wasn't. All that jazz knowledgeable, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't, I didn't find it to be a problem watching this. Okay, but uh, it just had a, a very interesting narrative device, like I said, by using the voice and the the the, the story of the killer, you know, her the account, I should say, of his life was kind of told through his killer, and uh, it was just bizarre, man. That's <laughs> wild. Know, it was just bizarre. Yeah, her name was Helen Morgan. I think she might have been in her seventies when she died. But she was not charged with murder, which is something that disturbs me too about that story. Like this, when you hear the story, I don't see how it was anything but murder. 
you know, but she so, was charged with, with manslaughter, which uh, I'm assuming didn't come with a very heavy sentence. So she lived, uh, she lived uh, a free, a free woman. You know, she lived a whole life as a, as a free woman. She didn't die, didn't die in prison or nothing. Yeah. So someone like OJ, huh? Uh, I wouldn't make that comparison off the rip, but uh, <laughs> I would shy away from that one. But uh, it, it's bizarre, man, because like I said, when I'm when well, I'm that's mad, what I'm talking about the the bizarre element of that. Well, nobody wants OJ to make money from from his shit. Like you know, yeah. he he's pretty much marginalized. Yeah, um, yeah. But this woman, you know, like I said, she this is not a huge story. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put mm. this out there. It's just like it, it's a very small story, very contained story. About a relatively, um, I don't want to say unknown, but you know he's not a popular figure in today's right. time. You know, musicians of that nature and jazz players, you know, really have a a niche audience at this time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not putting it out there as, as a huge story to to follow with a whole lot of nuance because it doesn't have that. Um, it's a very small story, uh, pretty simply told, you know. But the 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 thing that really drives it is the voice recording or the voice interview, like I said, and this was a recording by a regular guy who was a, a teacher in a in a adult education class, who happened to like jazz, and he came across Helen Morgan because she was in his class. And I don't know if it it, it it leaves a lot of things obscure too about her. One of the things is like what the hell happened during her prison sentence and what led to her getting out and what was her life like, you know. Um, after jail, you didn't really get any of that too much from, from the documentary. But you do get the fact that you understand why she's talking and why you hear her voice. And the reason why you hear her voice on this doc is because, like I said, the teacher of an adult literacy class, to some extent, who was very Afrocentric, you'll see when you watch it, a pretty very Afrocentric guy, he was a jazz fan, a big jazz fan, and he told his class that he was a jazz fan. And Helen Morgan was actually in his class. And when she heard that, she responded by saying, well, you know, uh, my, my husband was a jazz player. I love jazz. You know, that was Helen Morgan's relationship with the teacher. That's how she, that, the conversation even was started with this particular teacher. So when the teacher realized who she was, because she knew he knew Lee Morgan, of course, because he was a jazz connoisseur. So when he realized who she was, it was the teacher of this particular adult literacy class that said, well, I got to interview you, you know? Um, he had no particular assignment. He had no particular expectation or anything like that, that he was even going to meet this woman. Um, but he told her that, yeah, I got to interview you. And he did. He interviewed her. They show him on the dock uh, with an actual cassette tape that he used to interview her. And I don't know, and the, the doc doesn't really give you an impression of how long the original interview is. It doesn't really give you an impression of how the interview was edited. Um, it doesn't really give you an impression of anything about her. But it gives you enough of her to utilize her to tell this man's story. That's, to me, disturbing and fascinating at the same time. Those, those two factors really kind of kind of throw me for a loop that I'm listening to uh, this man's life in many ways articulated by his killer, but at the same time, she did know him. That was his wife. Right. You know, they lived together. And if you watch the documentary, she was very, very much responsible for uh, him, him rehabilitating himself from bad drug addictions. 
you know. Mm. So it's it's crazy, man. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a very unique story in my judgment, told in a very unique way. And um, the one thing that I couldn't help but walk away with was if this was a man who walked into a bar and shot the shit out of his 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 common law wife, who was a great entertainer. I don't think his story would be used in a uh, neutral way, the way her story was used. Right. You know, that just shows you the the differences in, in how people interpret shit between men and women. You know, if a, a man who who would do some shit like that, and there have been men out there who've done that type of shit. Oh, yeah. Um, but if a man was in a situation where he has murdered his wife, because I think it was murder what she did. They, they, she served a manslaughter charge. But the shit was murder, man. Yeah. <laughs> when your eye went down, she, she cold-blooded murdered his ass. And um, flipped the script and put a guy in a situation where he walks into a nightclub with a fight after a fight with his lady, walks in there with a gun and shoots her ass. You know, you don't get his story. Uh, told in a sympathetic or even an empathetic way, the way I walked away with feeling when I heard her tell his story. It seemed to me this documentary gave her a, a space to be uh, to receive some empathy for what she did. And uh, I didn't I didn't really like that, you know, or maybe I should say it another in a, another way. I didn't appreciate that from yeah. the story. Yeah. You know, I didn't appreciate that because I'm a fan of his music. Because I'm not a big uh, connoisseur of jazz. I don't. I'm not an encyclopedia of jazz in any type of way. Mm -hmm. But uh, the little bit I do know does involve Lee Morgan. I mean, and I will say that, to, in my judgment, from the uh, trumpet artistry of Miles Davis, I'll take Lee Morgan any day. And Miles was great. You know, Miles was great for for his time, and even today, Miles Davis still stands alone. That's one of the greatest trumpet players of all time. But my personal favorite from somebody who has just discovered this art form in many respects and is still learning this art form and, and the, the the music that came from jazz, um, I would say Lee Morgan has affected me and, and I enjoy his music better than any trumpet player I've come across. So hmm. to hear his story told, period, was was interesting to me. But to hear it told in this fashion, where you had, like I said, his killer pretty much narrating his life. Um, in many that was pretty freaky. It's, it's, it was wild, <laughs> man. It was wild. But, but you know, the reason why it, it doesn't... I ain't going to say it doesn't throw you for a loop, because it does throw you for a loop, but the reason why, I guess, it, it could be wrapped up in the, in, the, in the pill that it was wrapped up in and accepted is because she was married to him in common law fashion, right. and she did have, a rep, have the uh, reputation... Of uh, of helping him at his lowest point, yeah. which is why he fell in love, you know. And you'll and you'll get there from the duck. I'm not gonna give you too much of that on how that relationship, you know, started and transpired. But yeah, just the long and short of it is, she was she wasn't just some random fan. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I don't want y'all to walk away with that. She wasn't just some random fan. She is. She wasn't even a crazed girlfriend. This woman was in his life, you know. They weren't legally married, like I said, but there was a common law thing that people acknowledged back in those days that pretty much gave her the right to call himself, call herself uh, his wife. So this wasn't just some random bro that, that had an infatuation with him. This was a woman in his life uh, that was with him and endured with him through, you know, through dilapidating drug addiction and was with him and helped him come out of that. But 
the relationship took a turn for uh, took a turn for I gonna say the worst, but the relationship took a turn, and uh, he wanted to go in another direction. That it, it gets sketchy as to where her mind was, though. <laughs> you know when the the actual crime took place. It gets sketchy as to what led her to do it. It gets sketchy as to her justification because she does give somewhat of a justification. Oh, yeah. And this, listen to this. I'm gonna watch this. for what she, <laughs> for what she did. She gives somewhat of a justification for this shit. It 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 gets sketchy though as to real as to real clarity as to what led her to do this. Now I'm a, I I'm I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna let you watch it. You and I could talk about it off mic or maybe even on mic one day if you want to. Okay. But I'm gonna let you watch it before I tell you why I think she did the shit. Right. Okay. Because in the documentary, she says some things that give you clues and give you reasons to put things together as to why she did this shit and what was really driving her to murder this man. But again, on the surface, the uh, the doc is very ambiguous as to as to her motive, man, and as to why she did this shit. But she lived her life as an old woman uh, after she took his. She lived. She lived her life to be an old woman, and obviously, in her old age, she even walked around with with the, with the with the uh, with the pride and the reputation of his wife. I mean, she told wow. this man in, in the classroom as she was getting her GED or whatever the hell she was doing. She told this man in, in, this, in the classroom who loved jazz, who was a teacher uh, in this particular adult class, that hey, I love jazz. My husband was Lee Morgan. Like she carried that even after years after. She also had to carry the title and the burden of being his murderer. So it's uh it's it's odd, man. The mm. shit is odd. I, I've never seen nothing like that. But and, and it it made it even more personal to me because I actually had have a relationship through music with uh with the particular trumpet player. So oh. it's uh yeah, that's check what I, this out. Uh, yeah, that's that's something I saw during our little our little break. I'm at the <laughs> and uh yeah. Yeah, check it out, man. Check it out. It's 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 something to see. And like I said, you don't have to be a, a jazz buff or even interested in jazz to get to get something out of this. I don't believe. It. Yeah. I called her Morgan. That's the name of it. That's my that's my compare notes conversation. I don't really have nothing else other than that, man. Okay. I'm uh, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm yeah, intrigued. check it out. Check it out. So, uh, if it ain't nothing else that you got, bro, I, I didn't mean to take to put that kind of weight on the podcast. And, and, and Queen of Slim is not any less dramatic, so I don't. <laughs> it kind of, actually, it's actually a perfect. Kind of depressed? <laughs> it's, it's kind of what a kind perfect of... transition. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I guess it's gonna be one of them kind of podcasts, man. Yeah, yeah, we come back uh, with a bang. Yeah, come back with a bang. So <laughs> we have to talk about our comedy next week. Because this, this shit here is about to take a different turn. Oh, yeah. This is going to take a real turn. Oh, with that said, man, uh, feature presentation. It's good to be back. Good awesome. to be back, man. Good to have y'all listen to us again. And with that said, uh, special feature presentation conversation for us today will be Queen and Slim, man. We're going to drop this trailer and be back with a review. No Chase Film Society. Can I ask you something? What took you so long to respond to me? I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. Can you turn to tender? What made you pick me? I liked your picture. You had this sad look on your face. I felt sorry for you. Damn. You made a playlist? That's cute. Don't go through my phone. <laughs> so what happens tonight? You're going to drop me off, and then you'll go home, I guess. Oh. 
Did you think we were gonna have sex? No. <laughs> no. You failed to execute a turn signal back there. Oh, my bad. Step out of the vehicle. Can I ask why, officer? No. You may not. Put your hands on the head and get on the ground now. Are you serious? Get on the ground! Why is he under arrest? He's back in the car! I am an attorney! Damn, I'm just reaching for my cell phone! <laughs> This guy wanted me to die, and I messed up his plan. I don't think that's what he wanted. Hey, is this y'all? We have to go, now. It's all over the news. I support what y'all doing. It was self-defense. Power to the people. One eight seven two young suspects. Well, we're the black money and Clyde. How you gonna outrun the police? We hide in plain sight. You ladies. I don't know yet. Don't worry, you're safe here. It's an honor to meet y'all. Y'all really gave us something to believe in. I'm tired of playing the safe. I want to ride or die. As long as my lady remembers me fondly, it's all I need. Thank you for this journey, no matter how it ends. All right, that was, again, uh, 2019's Queen and Slim, starring uh, Daniel, Daniel Kalua. Uh, and we know him from that 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 uh, classic that we talked about. Uh, I think on our, one of our last episodes with Jordan in the Jordan Peele conversation, he starred in the movie uh, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, newcomer Jody Turner Smith, very simple name. We love that. We love simple name. <laughs> uh, Jody Turner Smith as Queen. Uh, the great man, the great Bokeem Bokeem Woodbine. Gotta love him yes. in a very. Dave Chappelle-like performance in this one. I liked it, but it just had a Dave Chappelle connotation to it for some reason. Is he uh, related to Dave Chappelle in any way, shape, or form? I, I, I doubt it. I haven't heard that. No, I don't think so. But you would. But he had a Dave Chappelle quality in this movie that I liked. No, because he, he kind of looks like he could be related to him. In, in this movie, he really... I mean, I've never seen it or heard it before, before he played this uh, Uncle Earl role. That's I the, never got, that's the I never thing got I've, that. Yeah. I've always gotten that from him, like like that really? look. Yeah, not 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 his mannerisms, but just his features. He looks like he could be related to Dave Chappelle. Well, I mean, as you're saying it now, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. But he, but he even it wasn't so much the look in this movie with him, and we kind of jumping ahead of ourselves with <laughs> talking about. Bo- oh yeah, Bo- yeah. But uh, but he definitely had a vibe like a. a it wasn't like a like a, a imitation of him, but it just had an energy to to him that that reminded me of Dave Chappelle in his voice. Yes, even some of his mannerisms, he's kind of had a Dave Chappelle quality to his performance, which I like. It, it was interesting. Yes, but yeah, he's in it. Uh, yeah, and and a few others, man, that 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 we know, but particularly, like I said, uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Joey Turner Smith, uh, Bo Keen Woodbine is in this one. 
directed by a director that I'm going to let Derek hold the name down because he's been practicing. <laughs> um, uh, Melina Metsalkis, I believe. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, and this is a directorial debut in this one. So Queen of Slim is a uh, romantic drama, <laughs> <laughs> romantic crime drama um, that takes place in Memphis, Tennessee. And it immediately jumps into the story of two people uh, played by Slim, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, and Jody Turner-Smith as Queen. Two people who meet each other on Tinder for a first date, uh, have dinner, and the circumstance surrounding this date um, and some of the attitude that, that Queen had in this movie, I just want, well, I'll save that. I'll yes. save that. But uh, but yeah, it starts off with two people who have a first date. They met on tw uh, on Tinder, and um, it's really a simple story, man. To, to be honest with you, it's, it's really not a uh, a difficult or, or elaborate plot. You just have two people who meet for the first time, who have a relatively bad date, who get caught in a horrible circumstance after they leave the date, after they get pulled over by a police officer, where you meet the most abrasive asshole son of a bitch cop <laughs> that you probably going to find uh portrayed in in a recent movie you know just some asshole cop who is overly aggressive uh, and you I guess you can say pretty much racist in his in his in his duty when he pulls over uh Slim and Queen after they've left the restaurant from there uh violence pops off when um when Slim is in a self-defense situation, after this cop shoots a very uh, a very aggressive queen in uh, in during during the stop during the pull, uh, the pullover, if that's a, the right term to use. But um, but yeah, so this this quickly turns into a Bonnie and Clyde scenario, where the both of them go on the run, and as they go on the run from each other, uh, from excuse me, as they go on the run with each other from the cops, they develop a, a uh, folk hero persona, like this, this, mm -hmm. this superhero persona among people, particularly in the black community, that, that appears to be nationwide from, from what I get from the film. That there seems to be a nationwide admiration of Queen and Slim after killing this cop that, um, that actually helps them as they elude police authorities and, and go on the run with the plan and the ambition to leave America and escape to Cuba. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I have for that. Uh, again, this is starring Daniel Kaluuya, Jody Turner-Smith, Bokeem Woodbine, uh, written by Lena Waithe, and directed by the young lady who Derek just named. Melina Matsalkis. Yes. So, with that said, Derek, uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts first, man. You know that's that's just what I do, man. I like to hear yeah. you open it up, but your thoughts. But yeah, that's the movie we're talking about today, folks. Queen of Slim. Um, I'm gonna be completely honest, man. I was during that um during the uh, the the scene with the with the cop, which is basically the catapult to everything that's happening in this movie. I um. I found myself actually 
kind of yelling at the at the screen, which I don't normally do during movies. Mm. But I found myself kind of yelling at the screen because it seemed to me that Slim was was you know copacetic and calm, and Queen just like for no apparent reason amped that thing up. I mean, from the time that cop got to the door, she was mouthing off. Yeah. And that was the part that I was kind of thrown off by because I'm going to be completely honest. Pray to God this never happens to me. Right. <laughs> but if I'm in that situation, yo, there is, uh, like, the the idea that she told him, let's run, let's go, to me, that was that was the, the, the first bad idea of many bad ideas from her right like right it was obviously caught on tape if all they did was just sit there and and you know call it in wait for the cops to get there the likelihood of them having you know going going through what they went through in the film itself likely wouldn't have happened but it it threw me off that she was so abrasive and 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 aggressive i hate saying that about black women but Mm -hmm. for her to be so aggressive um in this in this role was actually kind of threw me off she seemed a little um i don't know i don't want to say something something was off about her i don't want to say bipolar but it was just something that was just yeah on edge Uh, let's just use that i don't want to call her crazy that was the wrong word to you yeah, she was on edge probably from the opening scene. She yeah. just seemed to be a little off. There just seemed to be something wrong with her. And I think he was even picking up on that at the dinner. Like right. like there was something wrong with her. Right. You know, like you just you just want to go on a date because so you don't you're not alone, but you don't really want to do anything either. Like it's kind of it was it was he was kind of thrown off too. You could tell that. Um. But I was kind of I think I was a little perplexed as to why he went along with her. Well, I'll get to that. My my thoughts on that when. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I follow you. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> this movie as a whole was was really well done from mm-hmm. from top to bottom uh, directing writing casting everything was pretty much perfect in my opinion um but that was the one thing that really stuck out to me was the fact that this story for for slim didn't necessarily need to go the way that it went because he didn't necessarily need to follow her he was actually in defense of his life right and her life and end up killing the cop but you know like that was in self-defense so i'm I'm pretty sure based off what what was shown on video and you know what they captured you know they would have been okay you know from, yeah. what I, from what you can gather they probably would have been okay yeah it's safe to assume that yeah yeah it's safe to assume that yeah, but uh, what were your thoughts on that? Well, well, I was curious. I had a couple. I had a question for you in regards to this one, though. Okay. Um, what do you, where do you stand as far as uh, 
her her attitude and as far as how you would have conducted yourself. Oh man, if that was you. the night would have been over. Yeah, I don't think she would have even got a ride home. We, from I me. would not have driven her home. Get over. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. dealing with that. I'm, yeah. Nah, we we wouldn't have been together at that point. Yeah, after she uh made the little little nasty comment about mm-hmm. well I felt sorry for you or some shit. Oh yeah, yeah. She told him. Yeah. Um, cause he cause they they talked while they're talking and were attempting to talk because she's she's already let's let's put some real context on it. She's already on edge a little bit because she's a lawyer. We, we didn't we failed to mention that. Yes. That Queen is actually a lawyer. I think she's a defense attorney. Yes. <laughs> which which threw which me makes off it, with this too. Yeah, because she's making horrible fucking decisions <laughs> regarding the law. I like wouldn't want her as a lawyer. lawyer. She's the worst fucking lawyer I think probably in that could be put in a situation like this. Yeah. She she she's horrible for for the situation she's in to be a lawyer. So she um yeah, she's actually a defense attorney and she's despondent and fucked up because she um just lost a case where her client is going to be executed. So that's the context, to be fair to her character. That's the context that, that we're introduced to when we meet her, is that she's a woman that's having some serious career problems. But we also gather from her through the film that she's lonely. Yes. You know, she, she's a very lonely woman. So, well, I'm not going to say lonely, but she spends a lot of time alone. I want to be Almost fair. Almost by choice. It seems like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I would say that. that it, it definitely seems like she's a closed-off individual. Yeah. And uh, she has a lot of time to herself, which uh, she, uh, which I could understand because I can definitely see why no man would want to be around her. Yeah. Consistent basis. <laughs> because yeah. she has a very nasty demeanor. You know yes. what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just a real aggressive demeanor that that she that she that she has that she does, and I'll get to this later on in the movie because it it doesn't uh, persist throughout the film. But my point to yours is that if this was if I was the slim in this movie, sitting with her in this restaurant, and having to endure the conversation that she gave me, um, yeah, this movie would have been over probably within the first fifteen minutes. Yes. Because I wouldn't have rode with her. I, I, I'd have been pulled over myself that night. If but that, if that was, you if know that what's was... funny, though? If he was by himself, he wouldn't have been pulled over. Uh, that's true. Because well, he, he swerved He swerved to try to get his cell phone out of her hand while she was going right. through his phone. Right, and right. And we're led to believe that by him doing that, that's what got the that's cops' what attention. Got the cops attention. Yeah, because yeah. I really don't think that... Because the cops said, you know, you failed to use a turn signal, but I, I couldn't... I was thinking back. I, I don't remember them ever making an actual turn. Uh, that's just one of the. Uh, <laughs> Not on the stretch just, where we saw them. It's one glitch. Yeah, yeah, in the movie. Yeah, we we didn't see him really make a turn. You're right. So yeah. we we didn't. That that didn't really. Uh, that's that stood out to me as well. But uh, like you were saying to your point, that she took his cell phone. Which again was kind of a damn abrasive act for Yo, somebody you just met. I'm not in a relationship with you. You know, she takes his phone <laughs> with the, with the purpose of changing the music, right? Yeah. Or for whatever reason, she took his phone, but she's in his. She's literally going through his phone as as uh, as he's driving, which is which causes him to reach for the phone. As a result, causing him to swerve a little bit shortly after they get pulled over by a cop, and that's where the movie begins, right here. Um, but like I said, had it been, you know, uh, me <laughs> sitting in that restaurant where 
I wouldn't even gave her the opportunity to to even get that far. So nah. it's just, it, and it speaks to the character of Slim because Slim was not very bright. I, no. I'm, I'm say Slim. I don't I don't take Slim to be a very bright guy in this movie, and he's, he, but he has moments where he does stand up for himself. So I can't say he's, you know, soft or punk or anything like that because he does have moments. He pushes back yes. with Quinn. But he does have some serious moments. He makes some dumb decisions, too. And I'm going to get to the dumbest damn decision he made in this movie, <laughs> which really should have got him killed in, in, in many respects. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I did have an issue with the attitude that the character uh, displayed early in the movie. And I do question why a man would even entertain her after the attitude she displayed in that movie, you know, in the early part of the movie. But, um... I got to say this as well, that I do find her behavior and the, the shit she did once pulled over to be mainly why, like, she, she's pr she's pretty much responsible in many respects for what, everything that happened. Oh, yes. I, I can't get around that. You know, she, she her attitude with the cops, she was aggressive with the cops from the beginning. Yes. Uh, even honking the horn. Like, that's shit that's going to irritate any cop. Yeah. That's the shit that most cops are going to have an issue with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I really yelling. can't even... Yeah, I, I can't even put it on the fact that this cop was white because the cop that pulled him over was was white. Mm -hmm. And he he was an asshole. He was. But her actions definitely ignited and fueled a lot of the bullshit that this cop was on. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I hold her really responsible for the, for the whole fucking situation. Yeah. Um... She but definitely I, didn't help to defuse because you no, could tell she, Slim was trying to defuse the situation. To be an officer of the court, no, she she did nothing to, to, <laughs> That's to defuse the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so but so so Slim kills the cop in defense of her because she's going to her her pocket to uh, she she hops out of the car, which again. It's shit that, you, you know, black man one-on-one, -on -one, you know, dealing with the cops one-on-one. -on -one, it is certain shit that we know don't that do. we, we don't do. Yep. But as a woman, or particularly a woman in this particular film, she acknowledges none of that shit. <laughs> um, so she's aggressive with the cop verbally. Um, once Slim is asked or told to get out of the car by the cop, you can tell the cop is already agitated. You know, yeah. he's already been, the situation's already been highly agitated, so he's going to jail. At least in a, in a perfect world, he's going to jail. Right. But what happens is, um, Queen creates a situation where she hops out of the car aggressively, she asks for the cop's badge number aggressively, and she does the one act that every black man knows you don't fucking do in a hostile situation with a cop, and that's reaching her pocket for yeah. her cell phone. Now, she does tell the cop I'm reaching for my cell phone. Yeah. But, you know, she gets she herself gets shot in the leg uh, in the process. This is uh, the beginning of a lot of violence you're going to see mm -hmm. against against black people in mm -hmm. this movie. Um, but this is this led to a tussle that that started between Slim and the cop where Slim ultimately got hold to the cop's gun and he shoots him dead in the in the street. Right. It's like you said, I think you mentioned it earlier. It's Queen who has the bright idea to let's get the fuck out of here and keep the gun. And keep the gun. Like <laughs> let's that was keep gonna the help. Gun <laughs> and get the hell out of here. Which uh Slim resisted that shit. He did push back, but being Slim, 
he and he does a lot of this in the movie. He he gives in to her. He gives he's in. A, he's a beta male. Yeah, he he he's definitely uh, taking a back seat to her dominance quite a bit in this movie. Yeah, and this is the first instance, or one of the first instances of you seeing it, where he pretty much says, "Okay, fine, fuck it. Let's 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 become getaway. Uh, get a make this a getaway car at this point now. Leave the scene with a dead cop here while we're we just recorded sh- shooting him." Mm-hmm. But also, we, we, we were just recorded defending ourselves against, you know, to him. But he suspends all of that logic, takes the, the gun with her, and they, they leave. Um, to me, that's, that's obviously where the movie begins and where we have a situation where we see that both of them make a series of bad decisions, you know, as, as they... As they elude the police. Um, one of the things I can say that I did like about this movie, though, that we see happens as they as they elude the police and, and, and pretty much become fugitives, one of the things I did like about this movie, and probably the, the most, the, the biggest thing and the thing I, that I really appreciated the most, too, as well, about this movie, is that it gave you a depiction of what it looks like when black people are unified to yes. some extent yeah, and when black people, I mean, if I can just simply say, look out for each other, yes. you know? And, and I like that. I like that the fact this movie gave you a community and showed you a community and showed you individuals who really had a dedication to, uh, to, to helping them out and, and seeing to it that they weren't, uh, weren't unjustly caught. Or caught, period, I should say. Mm-hmm. Some people can have an issue with that. You know, some people can feel like that that's, uh, well, that the morality of helping cop killers uh, elude the police. You know, okay, we can, that's another conversation as far as I'm concerned, as what's right or wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But you don't see very many instances in life <laughs> or, or and, and really on screen where you see genuine unity among black people. You know, right. so the fact that these these two black these two black people, this this black man, this black woman, was able to find themselves in a very life changing uh, situation, where they would go to a family member's house, which is uh, where we get to the the Bokeem Woodbine character. Uh, this is Queen's uncle, mm-hmm. so to see her go to her uncle's house, where they obviously have tension. There's obviously there's problems between the two of them, but they find a way to he or well, he finds a way to help them. He still helps her out, helps her out regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to a bar while they're on the run, you know, a juke joint or whatever. And the woman at the juke joint or the bar or whatever it's called, the blues club or whatever, tells uh, tells uh, Slim, you know, don't worry, you good here, we got you. You know, I like seeing that shit. Bro. Yeah, yeah, I like seeing that. Um, What I didn't like about the movie was not much. It, it, it was not much, man. But I didn't understand the editing in this movie in, in a couple of times watching it. The editing threw me off. Which part? And I'm well. There's one part in particular, right, where there's one scene when after they killed the cop and after they pretty much uh, tried to make a run for it, Daniel Kaluuya's character or Slim ran out of gas, which again shows this man is not very. Forward thinking, you know, <laughs> he's not a very, I mean, dude, you on the run for your life. I understand you zone the fuck out, but you got to exercise some scruples right now, goddammit. Yeah. Like, you, 
you know, you guys don't have the luxury to say, oh, I zoned the fuck out, which is kind of what he did. Yeah. You know, and if it, now, if I'd have been queen in a situation like that, that's reason to get your ass cussed the fuck out. Yeah. Like, bro, get your head in the game, man. Like, we are facing um, <laughs> murder charge for yeah. a cop. You know, we got to get the fuck out of here, bro. You don't have the luxury just to doze the fuck off to gospel music and try, <laughs> try to figure this shit out, which is kind of what he does. Like, he, yeah. he's a religious guy, which is another theme, uh, another, um, I don't want to say theme, but another uh, facet of the movie that was interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't like the choice, but, you know, I respect the choice of the filmmaker mm-hmm. to make the black man of the film uh, not only is he not bright, but he's religious. So it kind of puts a, a negative connotation on a black man who has a spiritual mind right. or a, uh, as what some people would say, godly mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like the fact that, you know, and clear, clearly he's a religious man. His damn tag says, trust God. That's his yeah. tag. His yeah. tag. His license plate. So we understand that there's a deep spiritual uh, motivation driving this brother. Mm-hmm. We we get that clearly from him, but uh, Queen's character does not respect that shit at all. She's an atheist, I think she says in the movie. But um, one, anyway, the scene I'm talking about after they've killed the uh, cop and they decide to go on the run, they run out of damn gas. You know, they run out of gas, mm-hmm. and Queen and 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 Slim make the uh, make the attempt to flag a ride down. Yes, they flag a ride down uh, from of all people, uh, a sheriff, you know, which they later on discovered that they, they fled an off duty sheriff yeah. in, in his pickup truck. He's off duty. He's riding along, you know, in his truck and he decides to perform a good deal today, which is, uh, to pick them up and get them gas and all that shit. But, uh, my point is that, you know, ultimately, uh, the sheriff, the off duty sheriff realized he's picked up two future because he keeps a, he's keeping a, uh, a police, transponder or whatever, he has this big-ass police radio basically on his hip. Mm-hmm. He hears the traffic, the, the police traffic, the radio traffic, and the description of the two people he's just picked up. Um, ultimately, he's kind of kidnapped and uh, and forced to go in the trunk of Queen and Slim's car. It's at that scene, right, once they get him, kidnap him and get him back by gunpoint back to their car, mm-hmm. they put him in the trunk. There's a scene she's talking to him. And she's trying to uh, convince him to leave him there, I believe, or to pretty much, uh, yeah, leave him in the trunk and take off with the with the sheriff's truck. She's trying to convince him to go along with her plan, basically, to go along with what she's trying to to do as far as get them away. And there's a scene where she's clearly looking at him, but she's her mouth's not moving. It's like some Mikey and Nikki shit we talked about in the last movie, <laughs> Dolomite shit. It's like it's it's she she's she's just talking to him with no lips moving, and we clearly see it. Now, this particular scene does not look intentional. When it, it doesn't look intentionally done. But in fairness to the filmmaker, there are, I think, maybe one or two scenes where there is, a, you can tell there is a deliberate attempt to use the image and voiceover. Yes. You know, there are a couple of scenes where yes. they use image and voiceover in, in very unique, uh, in unique perspectives. And I didn't like it, to be honest with you. I didn't like None of the times she really did it. But the first time you see it is, like I said, when she's putting this guy in the trunk and she's having this heart-to-heart, passionate dialogue with Slim as far as let's get the fuck out of here. And 
she's talking, but she's looking right at him in one scene with her mouth not moving. Maybe that was a choice, but to me, it came off like an editing glitch. Yeah. It took me out of the movie a little bit. I think that, I think the same scene you're talking about was what kind of messed me up too, because I was actually trying to figure out, um, when they, when they put him into the trunk, if I'm not mistaken, they cut right toward, um, Queen of Slim driving in the, uh, in the trunk. Well, before before as they put him in, I think after she closed the trunk, she talk, she's talking to him. Yeah. Because he's not with that shit. Yeah. You know, like he has some resistance towards that. But she's talking to him and she is making an entire sentence almost. Mm-hmm. But her face is not her lips are not moving. Like she her image is on the screen and her lips are not moving. Yeah. But she's looking at him and talking to him. Yeah. Now I rewound I, I rewinded my shit thinking the Amazon glitch. I thought it was like, <laughs> it was an Amazon glitch. I said, damn, Amazon it froze up the damn movie on me. Let me rewind this shit because it looked like the shit got stuck. But no, that was actually in the movie. Like that was a choice that was I'm assuming it was a choice that was made because there are a couple other scenes that are very similar to that. You know what I mean? But initially, at first take, it looks like it's a glitch. It, it looks like there's a yeah, there's an editing problem. So it yeah. threw me off. Yeah. So yeah, that that's one thing about the movie that I noticed that 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 I didn't like. Um, I also gotta say I, I had a little bit of an issue with some of the choices they made when they showed the violence. You know what I mean? When they when they Put the violence out there. Okay. Um, and I'll get to a couple of those in a minute, you know, because I want to kind of run run through my, my my review a little bit before I get into the real problem I had with the violence. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the, the one thing I did love though about this movie that once they um they decide to go on the run, she makes a decision, the executive decision to go to New Orleans, where her <laughs> uncle is from, yeah. Uncle Earl. Uncle Earl, Uncle Earl, hands down, walks away with best supporting actor <laughs> in this movie, man. Uh, yeah, I, I liked him. I liked him a lot. I liked the character. Uh, like I said, for some reason, the character reminded me of Dave Chappelle. You know, he had a very Dave Chappelle-esque performance to, to this. And um, it didn't take me out of the movie. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a disturbance to the movie, what he was doing with that character. But... You know, it was it was just a just a very lively, very colorful character. He was a pimp. Uncle Earl's a pimp in the movie. And they uh they go to his home where he has two of his hoes at and he takes them in. You know, he takes them in. And um that's really one of the the best decisions they made this movie because he not only takes them in, but um he gives them money to to get to another friend of his who's in the war. Yeah. who he says will help them. So now the goal is to leave New Orleans and drive to Georgia, I believe, or Florida. Yeah, Florida, because they're trying to fly out of Florida to go to Cuba. Right. So they, um, yeah, they're taking this trip to Georgia, to, to Florida that is essentially arranged by her Uncle Earl, her Uncle Earl. And we come to find out that a lot of this is driven be- behind the motive uh, of Uncle Earl because um, Uncle Earl murdered her mother. Or kills her mother. I'm gonna say murdered, but actually uh, kills her mother. Mother in a in a fight in a domestic dispute. So she gets him off. She got him off for that, which created a situation where she had to cash in a favor because he was indebted to her for getting him off a of murder. So 
the family dynamic with that was very interesting to watch. Uh, I like that. I like what they did with that. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But there are a couple of choices that I didn't like moving on into the movie. And um, not to go through every situation that, as far as that they faced, but when they got to the point where the car that Uncle Earl gave them broke down on them, because yeah. he gave them a car as well to yeah. get away. When the car broke down on them, they had to, uh, to of course, stop and uh, get it fixed by a mechanic. That, that I don't really know how they found the mechanic, but they ran up on a mechanic that pretty much knew who they were. And this was a black man who did not respect. He was one of the ones that did, that, that did not respect what Queen and Slim was doing. Mm. He did not respect what they were doing. When the most of the community really did. You know, most most of the, the population, so to speak, of black people really was supporting their 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 getaway. But this particular mechanic did not, you know, the, the guy fixing their car. And the reason why his character is uh, is so just critical and intimate to the story is because he has a son that uh, that ultimately makes a horrible decision Oh my God! in, in reference to. Uh, to his 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 support and his admiration of Queen and Slim, but I gotta say that 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 particular scene and that particular decision was just probably the most disturbing of the movie. Oh, you know, and I definitely. don't say that I don't say that in favor of the of the film. I say that you know yeah, it, it's definitely the most disturbing part of the film to me. Yeah, I didn't expect that one. Yeah, when it was when they were showing it. So. Did you want? Did you have any feedback on your thing? I don't want to dominate too much. No, no, you good, you good. But, but no, that's 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 pretty much to, pretty much part of my review on that is that, um, great story idea. I love the story idea. I even can say the script was was pretty solid. You know, it wasn't the best script. Um, I, like I said, I do think that there was some uh, some long winded parts to the film particularly the poetic parts, you know, where you really see Queen emoting. I think both of them kind of emote a little too much in a couple yeah. of scenes. Yeah. There's one particular scene where uh, I think he's talking about sex and how babies are born, and she tells him to tell her a story. I think that prolonged yeah, the movie that, a bit. That, that was a prolonged scene. Yeah, that was a little yeah. bloated. You know, I think they were trying to... I think that the movie at that point was really trying to sell us on the fact that they have an emotional connection because these two people had no kind of damn connection. I mean, to no, be honest, at that by that point of the movie, they, they didn't really have to sell anything on their emotional connection because you could see that they were emotionally connected by the point, by the time when they were on the dance floor. When, when that right. bartender told, told him, you guys are good here, you could right. tell that they were already... They were already connected. You could see glimpses of it up until that scene that that they were they were attracted to each other uh, after a certain time, but that that was a moment where the connection was already there. I can agree with that. Yeah, that that um. So I I don't I didn't really think that that story that uh, story that he told needed to be as long as it was. That was one thing I was paying attention to when I was watching it too. I I, I thought about it at one point like. Oh, they could have just gone ahead and just cut the story, and he could have just, you know, watched her fall asleep, and then that would have been the end of the scene. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, it was pretty, a pretty unnecessary scene. Yeah, with a with a lot of unnecessary dialogue. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think that that was done 
to just kind of solidify to the audience and uh, show the audience that these these two people do have a emotional bond that's developing. Yeah, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I didn't uh, I, I didn't really care for that, but uh, from that point, from that scene though, was that the scene before? I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the no, the murder was a little bit after that, right? Yeah, the when the, the kid killed the cop. Um, you know what? I can't remember. I think that was a, maybe before before that. I'm not. I don't recall. That may have been before. But, yeah, but um, but yeah, that scene. Let's want to talk about that scene a little bit. That scene bothered me, man. That scene bothered me. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to offend anybody on this part. Listen to this podcast, please. Um, you know, if you are of another race, particularly of the white race. And you're listening to me, man. Listen, my intentions are not to be distasteful or rude or anything when I say this. All right, but I find it very disturbing that in a movie dealing with police brutality, in a movie dealing with um, self-defense and and the 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 split second decisions that every black man is faced with. Uh-huh. when he deals with a police officer, right? I, I find it disturbing that they chose to use a black child to shoot a black cop in the face. Wasn't that wild? You know, like, I, I, I did not like that, man. I did not like that at all. And then he was a sympathetic black cop at that. A yeah. black cop that was actually trying to do the opposite of what his 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 brethren, other police officers, do, mm-hmm. a cop that was really trying to invest something in a in a, in a kid that was making a bad decision, uh, you know. So for him to be the one to be sacrificed as a cop in this, I, I I had a problem with that. I had a problem with that. I did not understand that choice. Um, the movie did not help me to understand that choice, and to me, that was the worst scene in the movie. Yeah. Now the best thing they did with that, though, I give, I will flip it and give credit, is they did, they did not show the the the, the little boy um, die after he did that. They didn't show that. Okay, so hold on. The little boy died. I didn't get that. Oh yeah, they, yeah, oh, exactly. They didn't show that, but yeah, he. Uh, so so there's a protest. Let's let's go ahead and let's put a little clarity in this. There's a protest that's in this movie that uh, people lead. As a result of defending Queen and Slim, there's there's a, a police barricade that's on the scene, and then there's a uh, a lot of people, but a lot of black people uh, on this in the in the in the in this particular scene. There are a lot of black people who are protesting up against the uh the, this 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 line of police officers, and they're in full riot gear and everything. Well, the little boy to the mechanic who did not really like what Queen and Slim was doing, he had a son, Junior. Junior, who had admiration for Queen and Slim. So this little boy committed himself to the protest. He came to the protest. Um, and he was he was amped, man. This kid was yeah, was was, was ready for the shits, man, right? So he um we see him during this during this scene though, just just you know, the the the, the protest gets aggressive. Uh, cops kind of put on put a pushback situation in place, and a lot of people uh, begin to disperse. But this kid is defiant. 
about that. And he's uh he's basically like, yo, fuck that. You know, you want me, you 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 this, this is what you want, you know, come get me. Well, what we later on see is this kid has a gun with him. He brought a gun with him to the protest. Uh-huh. That he actually uh well he he has a gun on him that he brings, but we before we see the gun, we have a cop. Let me go ahead and just put it in, in a better context. Before we see and learn he has a gun, there's a cop, a black cop that approaches him and tries to talk him into going home, pretty much begs him to go home and takes his riot gear uh, face plate, lifts it up, exposing his face to the kid in an attempt to appeal to the kid to get the hell out of there. That's when we discover this kid has a gun. And that's when we discover that this kid actually pulls out the gun on the guy, which ultimately uh, he decides to use and by shooting this cop in the face. Now we see that shit. (laughs) He shoots this cop in the face. Um, A black cop. Black kid shoots a black cop in his face. But yeah, um, what she did with that scene, she didn't show him get killed, but yeah, the story tells us through through narrative, through dialogue later on that he actually gets killed. See, maybe I must have zoned out at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, there. Because I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's there. there. He, He died. They killed him. Wow, and that was that was pretty disturbing, man. Like I yeah. said, that 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 was pretty disturbing. But you know, a lot of the violence in this movie, uh, the only violence you really see outside of black on black violence is uh, when Slim kills the cop. Yeah. You know, but the rest of this the rest of the violence in this movie is uh, is pretty much black people catching it. You know, it's uh, Uncle Earl beating up on his hoe. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you you catch that. Um, there's this weird father and son relationship that we meet in the beginning after they have killed the cop. One of the first uh, people that helped them is a, is a kid that's in the parking lot of this fast food restaurant and he gets some foods because they, you know, they didn't want to go inside because they had just killed somebody, killed the cop. So they send this kid who's in the parking lot of this fast food restaurant, they send him in there. Well, we meet his dad and we see that they have a comp- pretty dysfunctional relationship. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, where the father's cussing the kid out. And, you know, it's just a weird little relationship they have that we see for some reason. And, um, you know, and then we then we go into uh, the the violence. Or I didn't say violence, but, you know, the, the verbal abuse that we got from her uncle with Earl and his hoes. And like I said, there's a scene where she, she he, he slaps one of his hoes up. It's just a lot of violence, you know, a lot of gratuitous shit going on, I mm-hmm. think that's really mainly focused on black people. So, though it did show black unity, because there's a lot of scenes, a couple of scenes, like I said, the bar scene and um, the the mechanic scene with the son. There's a lot of scenes where you see, you know, black people that's like, yo, we we with you, man. We're going to try to get y'all through this. You know, we like we, we support what y'all are doing. Like, they're, they're, there's a fair amount of that depicted in this movie. But there's a lot of, uh, a lot of self-hate. That's that's kind of interpreted too. Yeah. Judgment. So, with that, man, uh, you know, going into the ending, because I think we we cover, you know, a lot of the beginning and the middle, but going into the ending of this movie, that was I, messed up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, but not not the, the very ending, but just leading up to the ending, you know, yeah. to the, the decision that they made to trust certain people. Yeah. I think also 
took me out of the movie. One particular scene where uh, uh, Slim goes to the gas station and he he has he's carrying the Glock with him. The cops right. Glock at that. He's walking around with this damn murder weapon on him. He he has the the cops gun on him and he goes into his gas station or this wherever store or whatever. And this white guy of all fucking people, this this white guy is is behind the counter and asked him if he could see his gun. Now, bro, yeah. first of all, it's it's unlikely for anybody, particularly a black man, to hand somebody their gun so they can see it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely unlikely for me to hand you a loaded gun. That's, bro, <laughs> see, that was the thing, and that, that talks, uh, speaks to what you were talking about with him being so absent-minded. Right. That was, if you... That leads me to believe that he doesn't know much about handling guns because that is one thing my dad always taught me when 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 handing him his gun or whatever make sure you're pointing it down drop you know you make drop sure the clip. yeah you drop the clip make sure nothing is the, the chamber is empty you know when you're handing it off and and to be so stupid to not empty the clip out you don't need to in order to 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 see the gun, because the guy went, he said, "Hey, I'll 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 give you free gas if you let me hold the gun." Cool. Some shit that should have been really bizarre to him, you know? Yeah. Like, why the hell do you want to hold my gun for gas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is your angle with this? Right. But my thought process would have been like, okay, if that's the exchange, I let's do it. Empty the magazine. I mean, uh, drop the clip. Empty the chamber out. Hand the gun. That's that's right. the that's the process that you go through. Right. He that since he did not do that, it speaks to either one or two things: what you were talking about, him being completely absent-minded, or two, he doesn't know what he's doing with the weapon. He's never been taught how to handle a weapon, um, yeah. especially when when handing it off to to show someone because people look at guns all the time. Right. But you're not looking at the gun loaded. Right, right, <laughs> right. I, I even recall because you know I'm a, I'm not a gun enthusiast, but I don't have a have an issue with self defense. So I've had yeah. a gun or two in my life, and I've handled guns at mm-hmm. at different points in my life. And I can say every time I've ever been in a situation, even with a friend of mine, exactly, who was a, a gun owner. Every time I've been in a situation where somebody allowed me to see their gun or to hold their gun, they always drop that clip. Yeah. This dude handed him a full gun that he eventually pointed at him. Yeah. We can't we gotta mention that that he decided to play funny and point the gun at Slim. In a scene which I thought was uh uh I don't know. It, it was just a little uh a little basic. You know, it just wasn't it it just seemed to be generic. I don't know. Something about that particular scene when the, the white guy pointed the gun at him, it was it was meant to create a, a period of tension yeah. that wasn't very tense. It was just this is stupid. This is dumb. Like you should, yeah, this is dumb. You shouldn't. You deserve. Have you deserve to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, this this is stupid. You shouldn't have gave him the damn gun. So yeah. at this point, you know, now you're at his mercy, and you kind of should be because you gave him your gun. So anyway, that's not to prolong that scene, but that was again one of those scenes in this film that took me out of the movie. I didn't see it to push this film forward at all. But um, moving right along, you know, they made a couple of bad decisions that they made leading them into the end of this movie. One in particular I want to close with before we just go ahead and talk about the actual ending mm-hmm. is the trust 
that they gave to uh, I don't know his name in the in the film, but the black dude who was supposed to be helping them to get to the plane. Yes. Uh, to leave, actually leave for Cuba. It was a black guy, and I he was I guess re- loosely connected to Uncle Earl's friend. Because uh, Uncle, I think so they call him Black Man. Oh, okay. I don't even think he has a name. Yeah. So Uncle Earl's friend, who Uncle Earl, in, in, in the film, Uncle Earl tells him, listen, you know, ride down to Florida. This is my guy. He owes me a favor. I saved his life in the war. I think it was the Iraq war. Um, go down there, take this money. He's going to help y'all with the plane. So that's, that's, that's the mission that they're on. They get down there, and the white they meet the white guy. And we got to talk about that scene a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the the white friend that Uncle Earl linked him up with. They actually linked up with him and was almost caught there. Yeah. You know, because I didn't see that wife to be trustworthy at all. When I, that wife kind of gave me the, the vibe that she got, I would have got the fuck out of there then. Yeah. Even though it didn't end up turning out that way. But the, the, the guy's wife, the white guy's wife, Uncle Earl's friend, was supposed to be helping them. <laughs> His <laughs> wife was not receptive to the calls at all. You know what I'm saying? And she was even talking some shit at the dinner table about, well, you know, that reward money would pay our mortgage and type of shit. Yeah. Like, the moment I heard that shit, like, all right, the I fuck this, we out of here, we good. <laughs> we good. This is way too volatile <laughs> to spend a night here and shit. Yeah. But um, cops ended up showing up because the car that they drove from Memphis is, is parked outside the fucking house. Yeah. Like, this and is the, the car they drove. The neighbors the neighbor, spotted them. Right. So, you know, the cops show up and blow that shit. Luckily, he just so happened to have a secret fucking floor in a bedroom that they could hide under. And that's where they were, you know, avoiding the cops that end up raiding this goddamn location. So yeah. now they got to get the fuck out of there. They get, they get the fuck out of there. Ultimately, they keep it pushing. You know, the, a couple of scenes with which we already talked about, I guess, take place. Ultimately, leading them to get to the Florida, to the, uh, to the Florida... Uh, the Gulf or wherever uh, the Flo- of Florida to get them to Cuba. Uh-huh. They get to Florida where they meet black man. Again, a dude who's supposed to be helping them, <laughs> but his yeah. introduction to them is to put a gun in their face. Yes. A shotgun at that. So, uh, again, I-, I think this movie shows characters that make some very critical decisions that I believe in a real-life situation or a somewhat of a real-life situation. Now, we don't watch movies to get real life. I get that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not putting it out there like this movie should have been more reflective of real life. I'm not one of those guys that believe a film has to be reflective and uh, hit all of the beats of real life. Right. I'm not, I'm not all coming from that place. But in a situation like this, which is supposed to be somewhat based on realities and circumstances that we face every day, it should have been a little bit more uh, faithful to real life common sense, I think. And yeah. you're not as trustworthy with motherfuckers when you're on the run from the cops the way they are. You're not as willy-nilly with decisions that you make, like running out of fucking gas and not getting gas for your car when you're faced with some <laughs> of the decisions and some of the circumstances that these characters were faced with. So a person who's supposed to be helping me, and I understand that they were in a situation where they, they didn't have anybody to trust. I get that. They, they didn't have a whole lot of room to trust people in that situation. I just don't see that as an excuse to make 
blatantly stupid decisions, which seemed to be a little off to me when they trusted a motherfucker that put a gun in their face by first meeting them. Yeah. You know, and ultimately, uh, well, we'll get to that in a little bit, but needless to say, which I, I kind of knew this shit was 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 leading uh, to the end that he was he was responsible for betraying them. I'll just go ahead and put it out there. It's yeah. really not much to conceal with that. Yeah, he, the dude who, the black man, as you say, that I guess he didn't have a name, but yeah, black man was pretty much responsible for uh, for betraying these dudes and uh, or these these individuals, Queen and Slim, I should say. And they get to the plane. Well, they, they, the guy gets them to the tarmac. When they get to the plane, they attempt to get on. And that's when, of course, they're swarmed by police officers. And, uh, yeah, in, in one of the most disturbing and yeah, tragic <laughs> on-screen deaths that uh, I've seen in a little while, man, took place at that point where uh, Queen and Slim, they lock hands and, they pretty much attempt to put on a united front and, and go down with each other and go down in, in love and, you know, solidarity with their love and all that. And for reasons that I would assume, I would say there's no reason for it, but because Queen makes a, a sudden move or what appears to be a sudden move, she gets shot and killed by a female police officer. Not a SWAT or anybody but just a regular police officer who was on the scene blows her away right there on the, on the uh, runway, so to speak. Um, very, again, very disturbing scene. Yeah. And a scene that I think was more psychologically or were designed to be more psychologically impactful than entertainment wise or for the, for the plot or whatever. That was a psychological drop in that movie to plant a seed, I believe in the, the black viewer's mind that there is no future going against the cops. Like, there's no future in that. You're not going to win this shit. Mm-hmm. That's what I... Really, from the whole fucking ending, was a statement that, yeah, you don't stand a chance against us. For anybody that's feeling some shit like this and that's in, 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 in league with all of this admiration that this movie is somewhat showing these two characters, let me just show y'all that there's no future in fucking with us. So a female cop, a white female cop at that, took the life of Queen. Yeah. And we really don't have a, a solid reason as to why. I mean, she flinched. And you can tell by, by, the, by, by the scene, after she shot her, the actual swatted up uh, riot geared police officer or federal or whatever he was looked back at her like, what the fuck did you just do? Yeah, he, told, after, he, he screamed, hold your fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. there was no consequence. That there was there was that was just kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, she shot and killed her, and in a uh, suicidal move, I guess you can say. Yeah. He uh, picks her up, picks up Queen's dead body, walks across the uh, ta- walks towards the police officers with her body, to the point uh, where he eventually gets filled with bullet holes and shot up himself. So here you are, 2019, mm-hmm. produced and distributed by Universal Pictures. You have two dead black bodies to finalize this movie. Laying on the tarmac. Wow. Um, I just thought that was just a little too heavy-handed. And 
I understand that this movie was written by a black woman and directed by a black woman and had black people producing it, but I'm inclined to believe, and uh, you know, I could be wrong. I, I don't know this from a place of fact, but I'm inclined to believe that that script went through a process. As all do. As all do, where Universal Studios engineered it for those things to take place. And that one of those things is to show the two black main characters dead as hell in the freezing, in the, in the closing frames. Scenes you don't really, you don't really see like that in typical Hollywood influenced movies where you have a, a anti-hero or a somewhat of a hero mm -hmm. and you know he's gonna die. You don't really see that, you know? You don't really see them actually die on screen. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, they killed the shit out of them on screen in a very violent way. And uh, that bothered me, man. That yeah. bothered me. That, that bothered me as well as the scene where you had the, the young black guy, young black kid, killing the older black cop so viciously by, you know, blowing his face off. Again, very heavy-handed. And I think that was violence that was meant to be seen uh, and interpreted a certain way by black people. I just believe that. I believe that that those scenes and those messages and those things interpreted through those visuals were meant to say, listen, you motherfuckers out there who are applauding this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers out there who are on this anti-cop and all this type of shit, this is what happens to you. And this is what goes down when you uh, decide to buck this system. Yeah. I think that that was a very driving message, undertone, uh, to this film. And um, But with all that said, <laughs> I didn't, I'm not saying I disliked the movie. Um, I'm not saying the movie was, was a bad movie. It actually was a pretty entertaining movie. It was a very, it was, uh, I'm not saying very, very well written, but it was, uh, it was, it was competent writing, you know. Yeah. It was bad writing. And this is the first time director we're talking about, too. Mm-hmm. So as far as a major motion picture. So um, being the fact that this was the work of a first-time director, and also saying I do see the influence of the studio in this movie, but at the same time, I will say with this being a first-time director, she does deserve some kudos for, for making this movie uh, as entertaining and as, as competent as it was. You know, I, I give her respect for that. But... Um, I don't like a lot of the decisions that was made, particularly with how we treat each other um, with the violence. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and, and violence that we were subjected to on screen. I don't like the choices that was made, but uh, that's that's me personally speaking. That's my personal position. That does not affect the merit of the movie. I believe the movie was competent. It was a competent movie. It was very entertaining. Um, the visuals were, were 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 popping, man. I mean, it was it was. The visuals were great, man. Like the, the, the with the exception of that one, the, the one or two edits, you yeah. know, that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Oh, oh, the visuals were great, man. Very good visuals. Very great. Very well shot film. Yeah, yeah. And I will say oh. there was one, there was one, uh, one shot that they had, um, where they had the camera mounted on the back of the pickup truck. When it, it was actually right before the scene where you were talking about with where um, Slim handed his gun to the uh to the right, uh, right. cashier but as they were driving to the the gas station it was a long shot a continuous shot right. where they're driving and you see them just driving down the road and then they pull into the gas station like 
I actually thought they were only going to use that 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 shot for like 10 15 seconds and then cut to inside the car inside the truck but mm-hmm. they, they held that shot for at least I think around a solid 30 seconds mm-hmm. maybe a little more than that and that that was actually one shot that stuck out to me throughout the entire film that that was a really really nice shot um which is one that you don't usually see too much as far as being a continuous shot you don't see that happen too often it's usually always they jump they cut into inside the vehicle you know they use that as an establishing shot or whatever but right right. that that was a i i enjoyed that that one shot um that was probably my favorite one of the entire film yeah yeah i mean the movie was was was, uh was was very well photographed um in many respects so i have little little criticism for that but um Couple of edits that I that I would that I would have did different, or if not at all, mm-hmm. a couple of like with, with the voiceover editing shots that they put together, mm-hmm. you know, I could I could have did without that, but um, but yeah, man, just 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 the aesthetics, so to speak, of the film. Gotta salute the director. You yeah. know, I have, a, I have a hard time calling her name. My apologies, but I, I only don't want to say it because I don't want to fuck it up. It's not because yeah. I don't think it's important, but I just have a thing about. Um, mispronouncing people's names so you know that's a respect thing but uh but yeah man i i, I like the work she did with this for a first time director like i said she definitely deserves uh an opportunity to make more films and to and to and to put out you know her vision because she did a good job with this one i don't like all the decisions that she made but that does not make this a bad movie it's actually a good movie yeah, I would say this is, this is a good movie man it's a, it's a well-told story yeah it, it makes it makes some bad decisions with the narrative sometimes, but uh, it is a well-told story, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I recommend it, D. Yeah, I do too. You need to see it. Yeah, you need to see it. But again, uh, as I close this, I do want to emphasize again the one thing that makes this movie worth it to me. Because you know, I always try to find the one thing that makes a movie worth me seeing it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I always try to identify that one thing that that just, uh, you know, that that just. I can forgive a movie for because this one thing, even mm-hmm. all the bullshit that may be in it or whatever glitches are in it or whatever, um, I think every film should have one saving grace to make it worth watching. To me, what makes this movie worth watching and what really makes this movie stand out from a lot of films you see, uh, particularly with, with 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 black talent that's telling a black story, is that you don't see us holding it down for us a whole lot. Right. You know, you don't see us standing up with us for us. You know, you don't really see it a whole lot. This movie does a really good job of showing that, you know, when it when the shit hit the fan, we got each other's back. Yeah. You know, now it does cut that a little bit or, or dilute diluted a little bit with some of the violence, you know, like the pimp beating up his hoe and <laughs> to have to watch. Oh, and the fact, I'm sorry, the one thing that I did want to see. He didn't really beat her up, but he slapped her around a bit. <laughs> he, he slapped her around, man, and, and you know, and you can tell it was a PTSD fit he was having, you yeah. know. So I think that was very well acted. But like I said, Bo King Woodbine, man, is supporting actor in this movie. Give that shit to him. He, yeah. This, this, he's he's the character, one character in this movie that makes this movie worth watching. Now, talking about talent a little bit, as far as the acting a little bit. There is one issue I do got with this, and again, I don't want to bring up the whole British actor 
playing Americanized <laughs> roles. Yeah. I don't want to have that conversation because that's another conversation. Yeah. But I will say this. If you're going to do that shit, man, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to do that shit, you're going to have to find British actors that they're at least committed to the role, right? As far mm-hmm. as all the way through. And there were times I heard both of their British accents coming out in this movie. Clear as day. Did you? And this was, and this was, yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one particular scene. I don't remember exactly where it is in the movie, but I remember Queen was driving the car. And I want to say this was the scene that she, uh, before she turned the car around to go visit her mother's grave. Mm-hmm. There's, in that scene when she's driving, she clearly is sounding like she's straight out of the West End of England some damn well, man. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, and even Daniel Kaluuya may have one or two, uh, Moments where he just he just uh, failed to to sell the accent, mm-hmm. and they were in a very southern state, man. It, it wasn't like they were in New York or this story took place in yeah. L.A. This story took place in a very uh, dialect-centric location, which is Memphis, I believe it was, right? I, I I'm pretty sure been. it may have sure been Memphis, man. It may have been. I know they said something about um, Ohio, I think, at some point. So that at the beginning, it was Cleveland. It Cleveland. was Cleveland. Yeah. I'm sorry. It yeah. was Cleveland. But still in Cleveland, you know, man. Yeah. You don't you, you get a you get a certain dialect. You get a certain uh you get a certain presence from black people. Yes. That that they did an okay job with, with presenting. I'm not saying they didn't look black or didn't carry themselves as black people. I'm not saying that. But uh there were some dialect glitches, you know. They dropped they dropped the dialect a couple times in this movie. But um, that's also on the director too. Because you should be listening yeah. out for that, right? And have right. them do a re, uh, um, have to do a reshoot on that, right? I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean definitely. And uh, in addition to that, you know, again going back to the ending, you know, it was of course a black man that was responsible for their demise. Not yeah. only was he responsible for, the, for their demise, but we see him counting the fruits of his labor he of, sold of his them betrayal. Out. Yeah, and, and we yeah. see him gleefully yeah. rewarded for that. You know, now let me ask very you a question. toxic, very me, toxic shit. Let man. me ask you a question. You're in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know these people are pretty much fucked anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Don't, don't I, do I'm, me like I'm that. asking. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you going, are you taking the money? Nah, oh, man. Nah. I'm, I don't want to be that guy, bro. Okay. I don't want to be that guy, man. I, I can't. I can't do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. no I feel you on that. Uh, I'm assuming that you would entertain the idea. Of I would really think about it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> not to say I would do it, but the thought would probably cross my mind. You know, like especially for someone you don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just just being honest. If it's someone that that I, I honesty, that man. I don't know. The thought now depends on how much money they're talking. You know, if you're talking about like a million or somewhere in there, it, it, it might it might pique my interest. If you're talk, just talking about a couple of thousand or something like that, 25,000, eh, I'm not, nah. I, but at the same time, I'm not saying I would do it. I'm saying it might, it might cross my mind. But then, you know, I think ultimately I would just go ahead and just say, you know, pass up on it. Um... I don't know. All right, note I'm, to self: Do not call Derek I'm, I'm, <laughs> and run in 
Roman Cubs. <laughs> no, but Your see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's that's it. But I know you. I know you. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the first thing, though. Like I, I that's why that's why I can understand why he did it because it's like, um, you know, he 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 doesn't know these people. They're on the run. You know, the cops are going to get them anyway. They're cop killers by definition. So if if that's the case, it, like, would 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 it not be a consideration at the very least? And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if I'm if I'm in that situation. I, it, it might be a consideration, you know. When I if I don't know you, you're on the run for killing cops, and and all this other stuff. Let uh, I, it might be a consideration. At the well, very I understand what you're saying. I I guess my issue with 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 that character being played out like that is because and don't get me wrong, I saw him betraying their ass from the moment oh, he see, came to the scene. Yeah, with the I damn that. gun. I saw so it. That, yeah, that 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 was you know that was pretty obvious with yeah. his introduction. But my problem with that is, is that you show some very beautiful instances and some very deep images of black people sticking with you through your shit, right? Yeah. And 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 having some solidarity to you, but yeah. then you cap that shit off with <laughs> a black person who turns you the fuck in for the money, you know? Yeah. You pretty much short circuited all of that shit that I think that that was a very positive driving energy in the movie, and that's you know we can we can come together. Yes. So again, it's a good movie, but there are some real fucked up decisions that was made <laughs> to tell this story. And, yeah, and yeah. that's a, the fact that you saw their bloody, you, you see them die viciously. You know what yeah. I mean? In addition to that, you learn that they did, they died that way as a result of what this black dude did. Right. By snitching on them. Right. And then you then you get it where he he you you get it where he's actually enjoying and counting the money, you know. What yeah, I mean? that I, that did disturb like, me. Come on, man. That did like, disturb I, me. That that is I now. Really think a lot of decisions was made with this script by Universal and whoever the white producers were yeah. with the agenda. I do believe that based on based on seeing scenes like that. See, and I I think I think part of the reason why is because I don't think that he really thought. I'm just going to play devil's advocate for this part real quick. I don't know that he actually thought these people were going to get killed. I I just, I figured he was going to, you know, turn them in. And that was the reward that he got for turning them in. Now, I think where it would have disturbed me if I were in that role is when I see that they, they got killed and I just left them knowing they were not, they were unarmed. If, if Now, right. the news... The news broadcast was they were two armed, uh, uh, both of them were armed, and that was why the officers uh, uh, killed them because they drew on them, and that's where it would have that would have gotten me like yo like they were they didn't have any weapons on them when I dropped them off so how are they armed? Right. You know what I'm saying that 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 probably. That's where I think it it kind of really disturbed me when I saw him counting the money. Cause yeah. you saw these guys, and that's why I walk away with the fact that he was just a, a maggot motherfucker. Yeah, and who, that that's uh, very that may have very very much so been the case. Yeah, yeah, because he he just he was low down dirty. Right. You know. Right. 
that that was that was where I picked up on it that he was just wasn't a good person for that. But I can understand you, you know, helping the cops out for reward money. You know, I can understand that. But when you see that they're they were they were killed in cold blood. Yeah. You know, it just yeah that 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 did that did throw me off with that one. Yeah, those were some pretty toxic images. And the reason why I say that is because those images. Uh, and I believe that every film is meant to send a message mm-hmm. to a, in a in a subconscious way. That is my belief. Right. Again, that's another conversation that would prolong this. But you know, every image you see on screen, this movie was twenty million dollars to make, right? Yeah. Um, by no means was this twenty million dollars invested to uplift the black community or Why would that be to the inspire case? the black community, <laughs> you know, through cinema. So yeah. I'm inclined to believe there were some very conscious decisions that was made with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, meant to leave us with a with a with a effect, right? right? And the fact that, like like we just talked about, mentioned a few times, the fact they were murdered in cold blood the way they were uh, was was meant to leave us with an effect. The fact that you had a black child kill a black adult male, forget the fact he was a cop, right? Exactly. But this black child blew the face off of this this black male who was trying to influence him in a positive way. Mm-hmm. We see that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to that, we see a black man portray two black people who are on their way to a a place of freedom. Uh, of all places, Cuba, you know what I mean? Um, which is known for, uh, you know, taking in political prisoners that are still there to this day. Oh, yeah. You know, who ran from uh, what is to believe a... Uh, a wicked judicial system or a unjustified part uh, prosecution. These are these, these are black people that went to Cuba who did this. So here it is you have a black man who was responsible for ruining all that shit. I think you have some very and and then in addition to that in a, in a very minor sense, it's not a major issue with me. But the father and son relationship that we saw in, mm-hmm. the, in the parking lot of the burger place, where the father's pretty much you know my, you know cussing his son out and. You know, being real aggressive with his son. You know, even though you do see there's a father and son dynamic there, I did like that. Mm-hmm. That even in the midst of them doing all the bickering and the disrespect that was kind of coming from the father, the father to the son, and the, all that shit, you still saw a level of uh, father and son love there. Yeah. But still, though, in it, you had in order to get the father and son love, you had to get the father, you know, pretty much calling this woman a bitch to his son, <laughs> and you know, yeah. talking to him like shit. So there's a lot that can that counter the uh, the the I, I hate to say the word positive, but the positive black images and the positive black tones that came through this movie were definitely diluted by yes. by much stronger overtones that uh that are disturbing and like we just already named them. So um, again, another very mixed uh, uh, review to a movie that we both like. Yeah. But, you know, I, I recommend it. I definitely uh, put it out there. something that y'all need to see. But as far as personally speaking on my review, which is what y'all tune in for, you know, y'all tune in to hear us personally talk about this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, personally speaking, um, the director made a lot of very bad decisions. Well, a few, not a lot. A few bad decisions with a very good movie. Yes. I'll, I'll put it like that. And yeah. So that's that's my cap on that, man. Uh, I'll 
I'll uh, I'll button up my review with that and recommend it. And what do you think, D? I I enjoyed it. Um, there were issues with it, but that's you know you're gonna there there are mostly all films have some type of issue with them anyway. So you know it is what it is. But I think this was um, I think this was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, and he realized this was uh, this was her first uh, her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I think she did a good job for a directorial debut. I agree for a debut. Yeah. She 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 did a she did a thing. Man. Yeah, I w- I want to see more from her. I I think we'll see her grow, um, uh, and and do more. I'll I'll say her name again. Uh, Melina Matalskis. Uh, that's that's I'll, all you, bro. You yeah, got that. Yeah. So sorry, <laughs> Melina. Um, but yeah, uh, she did a, she did a phenomenal job. I I do want to see agree. more from her though. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I wouldn't I be surprised agree. if we see her on some of uh some more Lena Waithe's Lena Waithe's uh projects. Yeah, I think she's done a lot of work with uh with Donald Glover with the show Atlanta, the uh, FX show Atlanta. Yes, yes, okay. I, I believe that's because well, she definitely got pedigree. I mean, this she's she's not a new director all around. This is just, this is her first feature film. Feature film, okay. But yeah, she I believe don't, don't quote me on this, but I believe that she got a lot of work in with uh. With the show Atlanta, the FX show Atlanta, which is a show I love. That's one of the that two TV shows back, I will watch. It's on the way back. It, it's it, on the way back. They, they, they do this two-year gap between seasons that always throws me off. And well, you know something, it's, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of like the the, the 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 No Chase Film Society, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, I know we might leave y'all hanging for a couple of weeks and shit. <laughs> You know, I understand, you know, that's not a good look. I'm not proud of that. But <laughs> when we do do it and when we're not doing it, we, we're trying to put some quality together for you. You know what I mean? We we do have a desire to give you all some real uh, insightful conversation. I'm not saying we do it all the time. You know, we, we miss the mark, I'm sure. But our desire is to give you all some real good quality, insightful and entertaining dialogue on movies that y'all know or don't know. Right. Right. Sometimes in order to do that shit, you know, we got to change, change up a little bit and kind of fall back and, and regroup and do things different. So with that said, I really think that Donald Glover <laughs> is is more of an artist. He uh, is. And, 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 and instead, of, uh, instead of just an entertainer, so to speak. Yes, yes. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him being sporadic with the shit. Just don't abandon us. And like yeah. with no chase, we'll never abandon y'all. You know, yeah. we we might lay low and miss a Thursday or two, or three. Yeah. You know, we, we it just it, you know that's that's where we are right now. But our future and our goal is to to be here consistently, like clockwork and dedicated. That is our purpose, and we're going to accomplish that. So yes. I don't hold that against Donald Glover, man, because I feel I, like ultimately he's given us something that 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 we're going to enjoy. I, we, yeah. I, I and it's going to say something. I don't hold it against him. It's just when I look at things uh, from a continuity perspective, you can tell there's been aging from the first season to second season, and what I'm sure is going to be from the second season to the third season. Um, that's my only gripe with it. I, you know, I think if they if the story progressed two years, two years, like like if they did something like that, it would be more believable. I would feel a little more comfortable with it. 
but that's well, one look, of my man, favorite shows. You know, you give Shia LaBeouf room to, to nut the fuck up and, and be hey. crazy and shit hey. and get his shit together. Look. Then give Donald Glover the same room, no, man. No, Just no. be fair about the Donald, shit. Donald is my guy. I love him. <laughs> I, I, I love him. I love the show. I'm a huge fan of the show. And I, I'm saying I don't like the two-year gap because I'm a fan of the show. It's because I want to see more, like, now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that good to me. So, um, I really, I don't know. I haven't even looked into this, honestly. But I think that, you know, he, he's gone through some things personally. I, I think later. so. I, I think I think he is, which I can understand. So, that that, yeah. that I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting on him for. Um, it's just, it's just being a fan. I just want to see it now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, I'm really anxious to see the show. I want them to come back now. Right. So that right. that's all that is. But yeah, I, I respect I respect the hell out of Donald. I, I love right. what, I love what he does. So, you know, if if, it, if the two years is what he needs, I'm down for it. I mean, we we right. waited how long for Kirby enthusiasm to come out with the ninth season? You know, he always looks like that. But he always looks that old. So it's like. <laughs> it's, it's a kind well, of look, man, we pushing well over two hours, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but no chase film society, man. We appreciate y'all giving us a listen and, and coming back. Again, we will be back next Thursday. No Most bullshit. Definitely. We got nothing coming for y'all next Thursday. We're gonna do better with these. Uh you know, it's just life, man. It's life. But y'all help make life better for us and support. That way we can be more consistent and give y'all what you need when we're supposed to. Most you know, definitely. that's that 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 will help us do that. So Most with that said, Queen and Slim twenty nineteen, definitely go check it out. Leave us the feedback. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I am Chris Ali. That's the word I, the word am, A-M. My name, Chris, last name Ali, A-L-E-E on IG. Fuck with me on there. Uh, and the No Chase Film Society, NC Film Society on IG as well. Yeah, and, and uh, go check out OTSGuys.com. Our new website is up. Uh, so you can go check out um, everything about OTS, all the shows and articles that we have on there, and we will be releasing, um, you know, announcements and stuff like that on there. But you can definitely go subscribe to No Chase Films. I'm sorry, No Chase Film Society uh, uh, through that website. Uh, you go, just go to the podcast link. Look, look for all the shows, and uh, you know, subscribe and review. Let us know what you think. All right, with that said, man, uh, check us out on IG to get the next movie we'll be talking about. We'll be go ahead. We'll probably be posting that on IG. We don't have it for you right now. But, uh, yeah, log on to uh, IG, man, and find out our next movie for next week. Until then, man, we thank y'all for streaming with us today. Until next time, watch a damn movie. Done with it. 